How's everybody doing this morning? How many of you want to enroll in Viking Battle School now? I think Julie's teaching a class later. Uh, I loved that video. Sean sent it to me this week. He asked if uh, it's something I'd like. And it went so well with my message. I'm not going to talk about Vikings necessarily. But in that video, they truly thought they were doing what was best because they were making people just like them. Uh, for us, we sometimes get caught up in that because we are so in love with Jesus, which is a good thing. We are so aware of how this is the way to live and how this is what we should do. And we look at our lives, we look at the people around us, and we think, am I on? Yeah. We look, and we think, how could anybody not want this? And, and we kind of get ahead of ourselves and we go and force it. And we go and we uh, select the difficulty. We push the difficulty up. Has anybody in here ever played video games before? Okay, good, couple people. So my title slide, uh, at the beginning of games, yeah, at the beginning of games, uh, you have this select difficulty, which just means you're selecting how hard the game is going to be when you play it. So if you've never played a game before, let's just go with Mario. Uh, you've never played this before, and you're like, what is this? I don't know how to use this controller. You don't want to start with the master difficulty or the super hard difficulty because you're going to die a lot. Uh, and you know, some of you probably die a lot in video games anyway, and it's tough. But there are people, as you play more and more, as you get more involved, as you uh, grow as a gamer, which I know is a goal here, uh, then you can select like up difficulty, and it kind of adds a new game element because you're not just going through the story, you're playing harder. But if you take a, a new person, someone who has never played before, has no knowledge of video games, and you put them on that difficulty, they're not even going to enjoy it. Like Nothing is going to come to them. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to start with 1 Corinthians uh, 9, 19 through 23. Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am subject to that law, uh, even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring Christ to those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. So this is Paul talking, and he really tells us what it's like to make Jesus known. That's what our series, as, as Julie mentioned, as Sean has mentioned, this is the series we are in because that is what we are to do. We just spent time about uh, learning who God was and, and about uh, knowing him and just knowing our faith and knowing who we are and knowing how to live it. And now we're into that part where how do we take it out to the world? How do we show people who Jesus is? And so Paul starts by saying, hey, I have free will. I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. I can have my own opinions. I can like my own teams. I can even like the Bengals if I'm a glutton for punishment. Like I can do anything that I want. Let's slip that in there. Uh, I can do anything that I want, but it's not about what I want. It's about what God wants. And he starts right there. And then he goes into uh, how when he was with the Jewish people, he lived by their laws. Like he would go to their house and even though he was... Uh, a Christian now, even though he was following Jesus and didn't have to live by that law, he would eat like they ate, he would dress like they dressed, he would sit with them, he would talk with them, he would go according to their customs. 
When he was with the Gentiles, he would do the same thing. He wouldn't go by the Jews. They'd probably have bacon sandwiches and things and they'd eat them. And they'd hang out and he'd talk and he'd be there and he'd show them who Jesus was. Even, he even had Timothy circumcised along with the Jews, which granted is more of a sacrifice for Timothy than Paul, but it's still something to show how, how firm he was in this. And I would imagine, and Paul had a lot of people calling him a lot of things over the course of his life, I would imagine that people called him weak. They called him inconsistent. They called him a flip-flopper. They called him soft. They're like, you should be in there and you should just be pillaging them and you should be forcing them and you should be doing this. And he's like, this is, I'm showing them who Jesus is. I'm showing them. And they're learning the message. And, and that's what he told us. Because it wasn't about popularity. It wasn't about what people thought of him. It wasn't about what people said about him. It was about making Jesus known to them. It was about bringing Jesus to them. It was about bringing the message, sharing it. And he was sensitive to their needs. He looked for common ground. He looked for ways to connect. He looked for ways to help people to show them who he was and why he served Jesus. And it's such an amazing thing to me because he went to where they were today, where they were that day, not expecting their difficulty to be the same as his, not expecting them to know everything that he knew, not expecting them to be where he was. But that's the hope. That's the goal. That's the seed that he planted. Um, I searched the Internet for just I tried to find the cutest baby possible. And I came across this, this random baby. Uh, you may or may not know, I've probably mentioned it once, maybe twice, that I have a niece named Beatrice. She just had her second birthday party yesterday. Uh, and it's, this is from her actual birthday, and that's her bicycle. Uh, it's a tricycle. Um, she is two years old. When she was first born, we didn't put her on a tricycle or a bicycle and say, get going. You know, start moving. If you hold a baby up, a newborn baby, a young baby, you hold them up and you're like, okay, walk. They're going to fall right down. And that's not a good thing to do. Please don't go home and try that. Uh, same thing as she gets to one, to two. You know, she can sit by herself. I was talking to Julie before how, how independent uh, she is. And Julie said the same for Conrad. Like, they have this independence and so she can only drink out of cups that are real and that's scary in itself. Uh, no sippy cups anymore. And she, she wants to sit in her own chair and all these things. But at the same time, if you take her off of that bicycle and you put her on a motorcycle or you put her behind the wheel of a car, again, don't do that. That's bad. Because she has to learn as she goes and she learns by copying. She learns by watching. She learns by seeing her mom, by seeing me, by seeing her dad, by seeing her family, by the love that she feels. I was so touched yesterday. And if you care afterwards, I can show you essentially 100 pictures I took of her birthday party. Uh, and she had little pigtails and a little dress. It was so cute. But... So many people were there because they loved her. And everybody was like being patient as she would open the gift, open the gifts. And you know, you know how little kids open it. And as soon as she'd open one, she'd get so excited and she'd run it back to a corner to hide it. And you know, it took three times as long as when I'm opening gifts. Uh, and yet it was so cool because everybody was there to show her love. You get the context here. Like this is why... We are in this world. This is why we are here. And for Paul to talk about this, and you can leave Beatrice up the rest of the time if you want, but it might be distracting. Uh, for Paul to talk about this was beyond even just a quote-unquote regular disciple to talk about this. Because you see, when Paul started in the ministry, he forced people on their difficulty. 
Because before he was a Christian, when he was a Pharisee at Sadducee, when he was a Jewish leader, he, at the very least, participated in the murder of Christians. He helped it along. He arrested them if they didn't immediately become just like him. He pushed them. Uh, he set it up. He pushed his will. He upped the difficulty. He didn't care about their relationship. He didn't care about being an example. He didn't care about showing them God. He cared about making them something he could understand. And so when he says this, it shows how much he's changed and how much Jesus changed him. And the important part, and this is near the end of what he's saying, he never broke God's law. When he's eating with the, the Jews, when he's eating with the Gentiles, when he's out uh, with the weak, he, he still, his faith stayed the same. His doctrine stayed the same. And that's important. That's vital because that's our home. That's why we're here on Sundays, because we share our faith. We share our doctrine. We, we listen to the pastors. We listen to, to the musicians. We listen to, to just each other. And then we go out in the world with that home base, with that, that firm faith, that firm foundation. And so he never broke Christ's love, but he changed his approach. He changed his behavior. He changed his difficulty setting. And maybe Paul, and you know, Paul wrote half of the New Testament and, and started so many churches and did so much. So he was probably playing the master level classes for himself games. Like he's, he can do whatever he wants. New game plus. And yet when he would talk to a new believer, when he would talk to somebody who didn't even believe, He'd lower that to talk to them. Again, his faith didn't change. But the way he treated them did. I started by saying that we get frustrated sometimes. It is so easy to look at the world and get frustrated. Uh, I don't even read Facebook anymore because it's so frustrating on every single level. Christians, non-Christians, everybody, just it's, it's about fighting more than anything. And I could make a corny joke and call it fight book. I'm not going to do that. I'm still about 10, 15 years away from making those. Maybe. See what I did? Uh, but we get so frustrated. And we get frustrated because we know what is right. Because we've lived this. Because we've been through the fires. Because we've been healed. Because we've found Jesus. And so we see things, or we know it, and we just, we're so frustrated. But with Beatrice, I know how to walk. She does too now, but like I know how to do all kinds of things that she doesn't do. I could get frustrated with her, but that's not going to help anything. If anything, it would scare her, it would push her away, it would make her sad. Right now, I'm her very favorite person. Sorry, Amber. We want to start everybody where we are, and I believe that it comes from a good place, that we want them to feel this, but it often does more harm than good. It often pushes people away, and there are people that will talk about how the church has hurt them, how the church has turned away. And that's no excuse, but it's a reason. And that's on us. We have to be different. We have to be better. Tim mentioned last week about arguing, and sometimes as Christians, we live as if we're more interested in being right than in actually living right. We want to win arguments. We want people to say, hey, you're right. I give up. But not, why do you live that way? When I was in college several decades ago, uh, makes me sad. When I was in college a long time ago, uh, there was a guy on the corner who had a bullhorn and a sign that said, you're going to hell. That was it. And he would just yell constantly from that corner every time anybody would pass him, hey, you're going to hell. 
Now, in his heart, I believe that he was like, I need to really scare them and make them come to me and I'm going to tell them about Jesus. But in action, it was everybody that passed, you're going to hell. People that were Christians, people that had never heard the news, people that had lived it a long time, everybody's saying that. Do you know how many people talked to him? Not very many. Maybe noise police or something, but, but not very many. It wasn't doing anything. And sometimes we get out our bullhorns because we're so frustrated. Now, in this, I am not at all saying don't share your faith, don't share your testimony. We do that. That's good. That's how we share. But be aware of who you're talking to. Be aware of how you're talking to them. Show them love. And maybe you're like, well, how? How do I do this? Because I've only known this one way. Uh, another scripture I have is Romans uh, 8, 26 through 27. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, so the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. This is in regards to prayer. When we pray, often we're, we're so flustered, I guess is a better way to say it. We, we feel like this desire to just drop everything. And that's good. That's what prayer is. It's sharing. And so sometimes, you know, when you're praying, sometimes it, it, it sounds poetic or it sounds like a conversation, but sometimes you're just so upset or so hurt or so scared that it just all flows out. Well, the Spirit takes that and essentially translates it. He intercedes for us. And God hears that because He knows our hearts. You see, God doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to, to go to our level to listen to us. But He does that for us. Do you catch that? Like for us. He gives us every chance to speak to Him. He gives us every chance to, to share our hearts. He gives us every chance to share our desires, our hopes, our fears. And He listens to us. He listens to our heart. And then He goes with us. The Spirit goes with us as we witness to others. So maybe you're thinking, I don't know how to do this. I only know how to, to testify. I only know how to do this. You know how to love people. And if you're confused, if you're scared about that, pray and, and the Spirit will intercede with you. He'll be like, okay, follow your heart here. Listen to me. As long as we are building our relationship with Him, as long as we're working on our own faith, as long as we're doing everything we can to build our relationship with God, that's all going to be clear. He'll be with us. He'll help us to, to love people like Paul I guarantee that the first time Paul started preaching the news and started living as a Christian, he still had temptations to go back to the way he was before. Now, he changed wholeheartedly, but that's what he knew. But he prayed, and he built that relationship. He was so excited, and he loved, and he went out and he loved. I'm sure he was frustrated at times. But he did everything he could to take Jesus to the world, to lead people along. Think back to when you first started in the faith. Maybe when you're young and you first started going to church. Maybe when you're older and you first started to, to truly follow Jesus. Whatever your faith walk is. Think back to that time. Now think about someone who really set a good example for you. Maybe a Sunday school teacher. Maybe a pastor. Maybe a family member. Maybe a friend. Maybe somebody in the church. A, a, a greeter. Just think of that person. Now, depending on how long ago that was, you probably can't remember everything they said. 
but I guarantee you, may, you remember how they made you feel. You remember that example. You remember who they were. You remember how they showed Jesus. You remember how they brought him to you. They remember, you remember how they loved you. That's our guideline. That's who we are to be. That's what Paul is saying here. Hey, go be that person for someone else. Be that example. What you say is not always going to be perfect. I'm living proof of that. But people will remember that love. They'll remember that connection. They'll remember seeing Jesus in you. One of the things I tell the teens a lot is, you're going to mess up sometimes. And I go on to say, that's, don't take that as a justification. Be like, well, you know, Jeff said I'm going to mess up, so I'm going to go screw up and then I'm going to pray and then come back. It's a dangerous game. But just know that you're going to mess up. And when you're witnessing, when you're talking, when you're sharing, when you're loving, there are going to be times you mess up. But God's there. He helps you to learn in those mistakes. He helps you to learn to grow, to move forward. Uh, there's one more scripture I have. This is Matthew 7, 12. And this is one that we all know. This is one that we've all heard, I'm sure. Uh, do to others whatever you would, have the, you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. And I changed it a little bit. I'm a writer. I can do stuff like that. Do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. Speak to others however you would like them to speak to you. Listen to others however you would like them to listen to you. Love others however you would like them to love you. And then you go further. Not just you, but your loved ones. Your wife, your kids, your parents, your grandchildren. Your friends, people that you know, people that you know are struggling, people that you know are suffering. Treat other people how you would want people to treat them. It's interesting to me as I was studying on this. This, the golden rule, we've all heard that phrase. Uh, that was around before Jesus spoke it. But whenever it was said before, it was in the negative. It was, do not do to other people what you wouldn't want them to do to you. It was very passive. It was essentially, you know, just don't hate people. Or if you wouldn't like somebody to punch you, don't go punch them, etc. Jesus took that and made it positive. He made it an action. He made it love. He made it go out and do something. It wasn't just sit home and not hate people. It wasn't just sit home and don't post. It was sit home and do good. Or go out and do good, I guess. This works better. Live your life doing good, loving. Because just not hating, that's not enough. Now, you know, some people do need to start there. This is our guideline. This is our, rem our reminder. Stop and think with every interaction. Stop and think when you're witnessing. Stop and think when you're about to argue. How would I want to receive this message? How would I feel if someone was coming at me like I'm coming at them right now? How would I feel? How would my, my friend feel? How would my kid feel? How would I want them to be in this situation? It can be hard to take what Paul said and really understand it. Because we're taught in the church always, you know, do our best and be like Jesus and that's good. That's important. And here Paul seems to be saying something different than that. But, here's the kicker. Plot twist. Jesus did this already. You see, God was perfect and complete and still is. Jesus came as a human. 
It's like Paul going to eat with the Gentiles or the Jews. It's like us talking with somebody about video games. It's like us sharing interests. Jesus came way lower than we've ever had to go. And he did it in love and he did it to share. He did it to help us. He did it to give us a better way. He became like a human to meet us where we are. Could have been way different. He could have stood up after being baptized by John and said, guys, you're going to do this. This is the right way and it's stupid for you to argue. Just do it. And he could have used his power and he could have forced us. But what kind of relationship is that? What he did was, I love you, listen to me. And when people turned away, when people walked away, he still loved them. And he still hoped for them. He would eat with Zacchaeus. He ate with sinners. He ate with people that other people didn't even like. He talked to lepers. He didn't start everybody on the same difficulty. He understood to find common ground. He lived in love. And to be like him, we have to do the same. That's all I got. Uh, Please join me in prayer.